Hello comrades, Naomi from the Word Count here again for our next episode of Writing Rants. As promised, today we are finally going to discuss our analysis of the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobes 2005 movie in comparison to the original text. We are reading the Chronicles of Narnia out loud for our Storytime campaign featured on our sister channel, Storytime with the Word Count. Link is in the comments. I am pleased to say that this episode will not be a screw the movie episode. Andrew Adamson did a wonderful rendition of the novel, in my humble opinion. Of course, this doesn't mean that the movie is without fault, and it certainly does not mean that the movie is better than the book. But for this episode, I'll let you guys decide. So I'm actually going to read the first few sentences of the book to start our summary. Quote, once there were four children whose names were Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy. This story is about something that happened to them when they were sent away from London during the war because of the air raids. End quote. So essentially, the Pevensey children find a hidden world in a wardrobe. They discover that they are part of a prophecy which will displace the evil white witch and make them kings and queens of Narnia. Of course, this is no easy mission, and the children learn more about themselves the longer they help Narnia and its occupants fight for freedom. So as it happens in the book, Lucy finds Narnia first. She hides in the wardrobe during a game of hide-and-seek. While there, she meets a fawn named Tumnus, who brings her to his house for tea and cakes. While she's there, Tumnus tells her about Narnia and how the White Witch, the self-proclaimed Queen of Narnia, has their land in perpetual winter with no Christmas. While Lucy is eating cakes and drinking tea, she inexplicably falls asleep. And when she wakes up, Tumnus confesses that he was going to hand her over to the White Witch. Riddled with guilt, Tumnus actually helps Lucy get back to the wardrobe and to safety. Lucy returns to tell everyone that she is alright, but time stands still outside of the wardrobe, and they hadn't even realized that she'd been gone. Susan and Peter are concerned that Lucy is crazy, since she is not one to generally lie. Lucy's feelings are hurt by this, but she tries to let it go. Edmund, who's actually one year older than Lucy, continues to tease her about it, so much so that she returns to see for herself if she really was crazy or if Narnia exists. This time, Edmund went too. While in Narnia, Edmund meets the White Witch, who pretends to be kind to him, and tells him that he will be king if he brings his siblings to Narnia. Again, this ties into the prophecy that I mentioned earlier, but we don't find that out until later. After the witch leaves Edmund, Edmund runs into Lucy, and they go home together. Excited, Lucy tells Peter and Susan that she was right, and that Edmund had seen Narnia too. Of course, Edmund lies, and teases Lucy some more. Later on, the housekeeper, Mrs. McCready, is hosting a historical tour of the mansion, and the children hide in the wardrobe to avoid her. They all find Narnia at this point, and now that they all believe, they agree to visit Mr. Tumnus to thank him for helping Lucy, only to find that he's been captured by the White Witch. As they are leaving Mr. Tumnus's house, they befriend a beaver who tells them all about Narnia and the prophecy. While this happens, Edmund sneaks off to the White Witch's castle. The beavers and the three other children seek solace with Aslan, the real king of Narnia and other neighboring kingdoms. So I've certainly spoiled enough of the book for you so far, so I'm going to leave it at that. 
So one of the few things that annoys me about Andrew Adamson's rendition of Narnia is the amount of time spent away from that land at the beginning of the movie. As you may have guessed from my summary, the book jumps right into the story. Chapter 1 is Lucy Looks Into a Wardrobe. The movie would have you believe that Lucy doesn't get into Narnia for five or six chapters. Instead, the movie decides to focus on the two smallest underlying conflicts in the book, the war and the rift in Edmund and Peter's relationship. There is also a lot of dwaddling on the movie's part when showing the audience how the children are faring at the professor's mansion. The movie makes them appear far more miserable and discontented than they are in the book. They are also more troublesome in the movie. The movie uses about a minute of scream time mystifying the wardrobe itself, which isn't a lot unless you know that Chica is walking into the wardrobe anyway and does so in the book in about two sentences. Anyway, so the movie captured my heart by casting James McAvoy as Tumnus. McAvoy is a wonderful actor and he captures Tumnus flawlessly. There are actually moments in the movie where Tumnus is shown much more than in the book, but I really can't be mad. McAvoy is a gem, but he's not the only gem in this movie. Tilda Swinton plays the White Witch and is an absolute delight in the film. I actually have a scene here where the White Witch confronts Edmund when he arrives at the castle without his siblings, so I'll play that for you. Tell me, Edmund. Are your sisters deaf? No. And your brother? Is he... Unintelligent? Then how dare you come along? Such a magical performance. But then the movie takes the wind out of my sails a bit. Uh, the three siblings are in the process of wanting to return home to avoid getting in a war right before they notice that Edmund is gone. Peter says, we're not heroes. And Susan adds, we're from Finchland. And that line has always bugged me in the movie. Like, what difference does it make? And it doesn't corroborate Peter's claim that they aren't heroes. It's weird and it's unnatural and it really irks my nerves every time without fail. But anywho, the movie gets even better when they get to Aslan. Did I forget to mention that Liam Neeson is in this movie? Because Liam Neeson is in this movie and he's a freaking King Jesus Lion too. Tell me that's not freaking awesome. With this cast, the director would honestly be hard pressed to mess this movie up. So when the White Witch hears that Aslan is putting an army together, she says, quote, If it's a war Aslan wants, then it's a war he shall get, end quote. Then, <laughs> then she uses her wand to turn a passing butterfly to stone without even looking at it, straight flexing on him. F***ing Tilda, man. I got I just, I love her in this film. Another thing I want to commend the movie on is his attention to detail. In the book, Lewis notes how Tumnus has many books about humans, um, like The Way of Men, Monks and Gatekeepers, and A Study in Popular Legend, or Is Manda Myth? And in the movie, there those titles are, subtly and casually, on Tumnus's bookshelf when Lucy walks by. Mwah! Props, mistresses, I bow down to you. Also, the end battle is entirely glossed over in the book. The movie uses this as a wonderful opportunity for visual storytelling. Plus, we get to see Tilda, white witch, badassery. And finally, the movie ends perfectly. 
There's this transition where the now-grown Susan, Peter, Edmund, and Lucy are going back through the wardrobe, and as time stands still, they are still children in the real world. If you watch the movie, pay particularly close attention to how Adamson makes this transition. It's beautiful. And I've missed it the first few times that I've watched it, so really pay close attention. This is one of the few book-to-film adaptations we will address on this podcast where the movie did not tragically misrepresent the book, so enjoy it, because the rest of these will be psychotic rants from our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button, or show your support by liking, following, and sharing on social media. Our links are in the comments. To our faithful listeners, we appreciate you, etc. You know how awesome you are. To our newcomers, we hope you join us again next week. Our episodes air on Wednesday morning at 3 a.m. No, we do not sleep here at the word count. It's actually a legitimate health problem. We're working on it. Thanks again for listening to my chatter. Until next week, comrades.